This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everyone. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. Uh, this week, we've got five main features to look at. We're going to kick off with the latest Cockney gangster movie, The Last Heist. Then we have an oddity, a mix of French and Korean in The Vanished. Then we have the perennial <laughs> favourite, Simon Phillips in Most Horrible Things. Uh, then we got a um, couple of interesting ones, Bar Fight and Dear Elizabeth. Our short shot this week is a fan film called Fiona. See if you can figure out what that is. And we have Don the Dragon Wilson in our DTV throwback, Red Sun Rising. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first film then is The Last Heist. Four thieves bonded by honour meet back at their local boozer, the place where it all began. Beneath the banter lies a dark secret that will test the loyalty of these four friends to the limit to see if there really is honour among thieves. Um, as I said, this is the latest sort of cockney gangster movie to hit uh, our shelves. Um, I'm going to keep my powder dry just for a minute and throw this straight over to Steve, you slag. <laughs> That's it, you can't... Um... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's actually quite a different film. This, to be fair, than what I was expecting. It's a lot more sombre, a lot more mellow, and you've got you know the usual, like you say, cottony gangster slags and all that kind of stuff. You know, hmm. in, in in the dialogue, <clears throat> but it is very subdued to what I, what I would normally expect from this kind of film. And then there's obviously not going anywhere with spoilers, but there is a, a, a very big twist in this. Uh, and it's a bit, you know, timey-wimey jumpy as well, you know, going flashbacks and jumping all over the place. And some of the, actually, not much, but there's some quite violent scenes in it as well that I weren't, expecting to go and show as much as they did, in a way. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think, oh, it'll cut away, it'll cut away. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. I thought the actual performances were quite good. Um, not too caricatured, you know, actually quite decent rather than going over the top with it and stuff like that. Um, yeah, all in all, pretty decent film. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's 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 not the film you expect it to be. That's for sure. Mm. Um, you know, and and it, it it almost sort of pulls a reservoir of dogs on us because you know that the heist. You, you think it's going to sort of build up to this this thing. You know, it'd be all about the planning and all that sort of stuff. You know, getting the team together. You know, hitting a few obstacles along the way before getting there, and then sort of trying to get out alive. But it's it's not that at all. It's it's something completely no. different. 
I mean, you know, we, we do get to see excerpts of the heist and how it horribly goes wrong for, you know, in, inside the, the bank and all the rest of it. Um, but it is, you know, a, a small part of the actual sort of story. We, we get a lot more of the sort of history. Um, you know, Perry Benson plays this character called Mick, who's, who's mm. um, you know, a, an integral character who, who's kind of, you know, well, he's not in the present, you know, that's, that's uh, given away straight at the beginning. Um, one of the reasons they sort of get together is is to sort of remember him. Um, but, you know, we get a lot of um, his background. There's a great scene in a nightclub where, when, yeah. um, where, when the, these uh, chances sort of selling drugs come in and, and give him some lip. That, that was uh, quite amusing. I, yeah. I, I kind of missed not having old um, Craig Fairbrass in this, you know, it, that would have been, that would have really mm. made it, I think. But, um, as we have is, Terry I, Stone, though. We, we do have Terry Stone, and Terry Stone's really good in this. Um, you know, he, he he's the, the old hand sort of thing, you know, the more mature one. Um, you know, yeah. I thought, I thought he, he was really good. Yeah, bits and pieces I, I, I really did like overall you know the the whole thing with them sort of sitting around sort of chatting um and then you get this sort of great scene where they start to suspect something's going on it's 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 really really well done the only thing i hate and, and, I, and I you know underline hate here um is that opening horrific opening scene which is just like a smudge you know it's not really sort of showing anything it's just a smudge across the screen um, and I thought that, what have you done? You know, did, did someone sort of spill coffee on, on your editing machine or something when you're putting this together? Because that was awful, whatever that was. What right at the beginning of the film. Hmm? I, I, I don't remember. I mean, I watched the beginning yeah. for yeah, a couple of seriously. times. Seriously. It's it's it it, it 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 kind of tries to show like an exit, you know, in media res, of course, my favorite. Um, but it shows you an excerpt of, of the, the the heist when they're all wearing the Trump right. masks. Yeah, yeah. But it's smudged. Everything's sort of in weird, sort of like smudgy slow mo and 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 stuff, and it just looks awful. Okay. Well, it's really, me. really I ugly. Nothing, I mean, it didn't catch my eye anyway. No, well, yeah, okay. it, it really did not sort of put me in a good mood. But I mean, it eventually it did put me in a good mood, and I, and I, did, I did enjoy it. I thought it was very entertaining, as um, as Steve said. You know, there were a couple of moments. There's a bit, one bit which reminded me of the very first series of Spooks. Yeah, exactly. That's the you, know, one, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and they definitely <laughs> yeah. went a bit further with this one than they did in um, in Spooks. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Overall, this is much better than I expected. Uh, Rich, what do you make of it? Yeah, I I I, I did quite like it. It was um, more conversational sitting around a dinner table kind of thing than I was expecting uh but there was you know like you say the throwbacks to the the, the sorry the flashbacks to the to the action to the to the heist itself which I thought was really well executed the the Trump masks and that sort of made it quite fun but there was a lot of serious underpinnings of what was actually going on and that was quite intense the um the thing I find well You've already mentioned Reservoir Dogs. Clearly, must be an influence here, and mm. also it's in it, mm. again because it's kind of got that conversational thing. Nemesis, the, the recent um, oh yeah, uh, Jonathan, the Scott Jonathan Scott, Scott film, yeah. also also came to mind. But you, 
I say we've got Terry Stone from uh, The Rise of the Foot Soldier and Wanted by Blood and all those other British gangster movies. So he's kind of representing the uh, the sort of you know uh, the you know standing in or not standing in, but he he's kind of alongside people like Craig Fairbrass, Vincent mm. Regan, that, the, yeah. as sort of one of the statesmen of the, of the gangster yeah. movies yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I suppose you could exactly. say it gives it, it gives it the pedigree, doesn't it? It gives it the pedigree. Yeah, it's from I think his company. Uh, who'd also made the last Foot Soldier film, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, so he's quite the cl- he's kind of the classier, sort of dignified uh, one of them. But it is still, and it doesn't st- often strike me, but I was, th- I was thinking in this day and age, you know, these films are really celebrating such toxic masculinity mm. that I'm surprised mm. that they still they're they're still very much unchanged. They're, there's there's still very Maybe occasionally not as misogynistic as they used to be, but often quiet. I mean, this one's not not particularly misogynistic, but it is very it is very macho and yeah. you know yeah. homophobic sort of slurs against you know you know as, as against mm. each other and stuff as part of the banter and whatnot, which are just sort of which the in you know in the time we're in, I think that sort of stuff is really past. But if you know that's you know I can take it for what it is, and I did. I do quite like it. I do kind of think the, um, you know, when you're watching sort of this sort of thing, uh, as I've said before, you know, you get those moments that highlight, you know, you 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 start to like the characters, and then you get to see them do something really really awful, mm. which then sort of mm. sets you back. And Perry Benson's a really good example of that. He's so unassuming and whatever when they introduce his character, and then you yeah. see what he's capable of, and he and he actually really pulls it off really well. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. Perry Benson's yeah. actually. Um, he's uh, better. I of, think he's better here than he is in Excellent Man too. I think. I mean, I liked him in both, but I yeah. certainly see him more of an ac- of that Accident Man Two character than the yeah. sort of more intense. I mean, he's kind of a brick top in this, mm. which is really not you know like from Snatch, but it's like, like really kind of so- he's a real psycho, but he's got this kind of uh, I don't know sort of comical sort of chart back anyway. Mm. But it works. I think it mm. works really well. But then you know, an hour into the movie, we just get this crazy twi- crazy mm. twist i was like i was like seriously mm. what yeah. <laughs> i was like no way and i was like yeah. i kind of admired the balls of it to be honest yeah. to, to sort of say okay they're trying something they are trying something a bit different here um I mean, they're not just going along thing, it does just come out of nowhere don't it literally yeah, I, think, yeah. I know i know other people have done it before and when people have seen the movie they'll they'll know what we're talking about but so that becomes, and we that becomes like the last, the final act. Mm. It is all yeah. basically around that. And I was thinking of like uh, like dogs, which we watched, you know, mm-hmm. where there was kind of a big twist, and that was that then became the dominating thing that was the focus of that mm. last act there. And I think in that case, that felt really stretched out and drawn out, and that. And I think in this case, it is a little bit, but it it kind of works because you you you're spending time with different different characters and stuff and and it kind of works it's not just a dynamic between a very you know like two or three people that we've got yeah. a whole we've got a whole table of characters and stuff so yeah i i, I like the action bits I, I thought the dialogue stuff was all handled really well the performances are, are fine some of the stuff in in the final act didn't work for me but i could say i i, I admire the, the braveness of actually trying mm. to do something very different to the typical gangster movie. I mean, 
uh, I take my hat off to them for, for trying that. Uh, so yeah, I do think it's if you if you like this kind of movie, if if you're if you're sort of the audience for a, a you know British gangster movie kind of thing, you, you, mm. you you'll you'll I think you'll lap this up, but you'll just be a bit mm. more you'll just be you might be a bit taken aback by some of the stuff in it, <laughs> but um, but I think you it, it delivers all the stuff that you would expect, and it tries to do something a little bit different. What's interesting is that this was originally slated for a cinema release, uh, right. like a, a, a like it was going to cut a premium. Uh, it was going to be available on digital and in cinemas around the same time. Yeah. And for mm. some reason that didn't happen. So it's just purely been a digital release. I think that's kind of the right move because I don't think this has the sort of scale and polish of, of a, um, mm. of like rise of the foot soldier uh, origins, which was the one before. Yeah. Um, but I think, so I think this, this is kind of it's natural home, I think is uh, in, in the sort of home entertainment sort of area. So uh, yeah. but I think the audience the audience that want to see it are now going to be able to find it even easier. And uh, I think that's probably for the best, really. I mean, they were trying to, uh, they, the poster art is really bad. Um, it's, mm. I mean, it's fine, but it's so obvious cut and paste heads onto bodies and stuff. It's just, it's, uh, it, it need, if it was going to be a, a theatrically released movie, they really needed to put more thought into some, some properly designed artwork and stuff, but what they've got works well for, for, for this particular for this particular market and i think yeah it's it's not one of the best but it's pretty damn decent yes absolutely and on that note mm. how are we going to score it so steve i'll give it a seven mm -hmm. i'm also good in at seven and rich yeah number seven from me yeah three sevens for the last heist go check it out our next film is the vanished Alice Lorney, a French forensic expert still haunted by her past, comes to Seoul to present her work. She will meet Jin Ho, a detective who asks for her help on a murder case. Drawn into the network of trafficking, she needs to face her fears. Um, yeah, interesting one, this, um, because we have a French director filming in, um, in Korea, uh, with a you know a, a more or less a whole um, Korean cast except for Olga Korienko who plays Alice, um, is basically a police procedural with a, a few sort of bells and whistles sort of sort of psychological tra trauma going on as well. Um, but I thought this was pretty solid overall. Um, Steve, what do you make of this one? Yeah, um, I think solid. It's probably the right term to use. It's it's okay. It's well shot. It's well acted. I just found the story to be a little bit too full of coincidences, shall mm -hmm. we say? You know, too too neatly connected. Yes, I can see that. Down to it, especially yeah. you know the third act. And I just thought, mm -hmm. look, stretch the credulity just a little little bit too much for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I thought Olga Kunyoko was great. Um, you know, very different from what I've seen her in before. You know, what, what was the um, one where she was like the Marine? Oh, the Sentinel. Sentinel, Sentinel, one, Sentinel yeah. 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 You know, and like Black Widow and stuff like that. So very, very different performance and what I've seen from her before. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought she was great. 
the main guy I thought was well was really good, and it's just like I say it, it's solid. You know, it's nothing too over the top, too grand or anything like that. It just goes at a nice pace and just that what the third act's let it down for me. Yeah. to be honest, it's 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 a bit of a shame it comes so close on the heels to Hunt. Which was, you know, yeah, just an yeah. amazing piece of Korean cinema, and then we get this, and it's just like, yeah, it's good, but it's it's not going to blow your socks off, that's for sure. No. Um, Rich, what did you make of the Vanished? Well, I think yeah, the fact that it's like this French-Korean co-production kind yeah. of deal gives it a novelty. Doesn't gives it, yeah. it a real curious novelty, and I mean, seeing Olga Kurylenko. Once again, I mean, <laughs> her filmography just doesn't look that busy, but she's just everywhere. <laughs> it's just, mm. it, just, it seems like every five minutes mm. there's something coming out with her. I think there was a TV series I discovered the other day that she was in. Oh. And also um, uh, she's got all these, um, say, uh, supporting roles in sort of bigger films like uh, mm. Black Widow and uh, what was the other thing recently? Princess. And then oh, yeah. uh, she's turning up in things like yeah. Jesse Johnson's White yeah, Elephant. But, and, and, and but Vodas here that he's doing as well. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, yeah, she's just, I mean, she's so busy. And you, I, I, I continue to think of her as like a young, up-and-coming kind of actress. Mm. And you think, no, she's been around. I mean, Quantum of Solace was, you know, really quite a long time yeah, ago now. Was... And she's just been around for, she's been around for ages. And she's become yeah. this real mainstay of director video movies, you know, sort of as a lead. Mm. I mean, Bay of Silence is another one we saw, like you say, Sentinel was on uh, mm -hmm. Netflix and and there's a whole bunch of others that I haven't even yeah. seen yet. But uh, yeah, so she's good. Uh, the, but the, it is the, it is Korea that kind of is the main thing, but the director is say this uh, French sort of art house thriller sort of director mm. um, that he seemed to really sort of understand the area and the, the, the you know get on with the you know it's a film that feels it feels like a korean movie hmm. yeah that's got a french actress in it not a film that was made by a frenchman exactly in korea so i think that that's really to its benefit i think the um uh, peter may's the killing room which is originally hmm. about a uh, a chinese detective and an American pathologist. The names have been changed, I think. So it's not like a straight adaptation. I think they've taken yeah. the concept, they yeah. relocated it to Korea, and they changed the character names and stuff like that. So, so it's not um, uh, directly related, but that's what they've got. Apparently, that's what that's what um, IMDb says. Anyway, the um, the plot itself is, as you say, procedural. Something like that. Her the, Olga Kurylenko stuff is very disconnected from the main plot for the, for most of it it's only really in the final act that it the things come together fully um there are hints towards it but it's um i think it's pretty good the the, the it, it it is quite harrowing that last bit because it's all about um uh well, it's it? all about it's harvesting kind of organs isn't harvesting it? I mean, organs yeah, yeah, and, yeah and how far how far would you go so there's like a subplot sort of thing of um somebody who's in need of one of these organs mm. uh, and and you know the the lengths they're willing to go to and and that maybe they don't want to know <laughs> like where and they're yeah. saying we we know we don't need this particular thing we need this and mm. it's like well there's only really one way you're going to get that and it's just like mm. just do it <laughs> kind of thing yeah. and, and then there's the, the the people who are doing it and why they're doing it and their motivations and stuff yeah. 
and and how they can. and I think it it covers a, it covers quite a lot of ground, but I think it does it quite briskly. Yeah. So it's it's actually quite. Um, it's and it is, a, it is really grim, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. there's there's a particular guy who who is he's, he's kind of orchestrating everything, but you know, he also mentions that he's got his own bosses sort mm. of looking down on him. But he's incredibly ruthless at times um, with how he deals with things. You know, it, it gives the film a real sort of uh, sort of streak of menace whenever whenever he's around. Um, yeah, yeah, because it all yeah. starts off with this. Um, with this guy who's kind of low on the chain, mm. low, you know, sort of low in the hierarchy, and he basically messes up, mm. and that's kind of what uh, spurs things on and sort of catches the attention. They're like, "We well, you know, make sure he doesn't do it again," kind of thing, and he's being a bit careless. And mm. uh, but what? And yeah, there's there's this there's these weird because it's it's all very. Um, you don't know what's going on. He's kind of living at home with his mum, and his mum's like, "Oh, yeah. where's that woman who was here? She was here. She was nice and whatever." And it's like, and then yeah. later on, you realise what actually is going on. It's like, exactly, "Oh, Jesus!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a. Mm. I do. I do, I thought it was. It's not the best, but it's got interesting aspects to yeah. it, and I thought it was really absorbing at times. Uh, and if you like, you know, if you're interested in films made in Korea and stuff, it's definitely one of the ones that's worth that we've seen. Like, wasn't that special delivery Korean as well? Yes, it was. That was a damn. Yeah. That was another sure good one. Well. So yeah, yeah. And, Korea and is, a, is, yeah. is a great. Uh, there's there's lots of fantastic talent in Korea in Korea, mm. and um, you know this this you know uh, French director has sort of really um, managed to sort of nail that themselves. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's mm. you know definitely a credit to him that he's managed to go over to somewhere as sort of enigmatic as Korea and produce a, a really good. Um, you know, police procedural, which which feels naturally Korean. You know, mm. um, you're yeah. not you're not seeing it through a Frenchman's eyes, as it, as it were. You know, it does feel, as you said, it feels quite homegrown. Um, the only issue is, as as you say, it's a little bit too too much of a procedural, as it were. There's, there's not enough incident, really. No, um, I think you know if you like yeah. your. BBC ITV 9 p.m. drama kind of mm. stuff. Yeah, if, BBC if Four perhaps yeah. is a better example. Yeah, yeah. If you watch a BBC Four, um, you know, Scandi and all, mm. you know, whatever those imported detective Nordic noir series, kind of thing. Nordic yeah. noir, it's, it's exactly that, but it's a Korean, yeah. one, Korean version. But Korean, yeah. I think if you enjoy that, you'll enjoy this kind of thing. Absolutely, and and especially, you know, it, it does sort of go into quite interesting sort of meticulous detail especially at the beginning when it shows you how they how they keep under the radar for so long you know the fact that these bodies just aren't turning up with organs missing and things like that um yeah it you know if you can follow that initial sequence as, as they sort of come in and you know figure out how to get the bodies in and stuff it's um, very interesting anyway that is us how are we going to score it steve i'll give it a six Mm -hmm. And Rich? Another seven from me. And another seven for me. So that's two sevens and a six for The Vanished. If you're a fan of Korean dramas and TV shows and films, go check it out. Our next review is Most Horrible Things. Six strangers are invited to a dinner party by a charming and enigmatic host, lured by the promise of substantial financial reward if they last the whole evening. However, all is not what it seems. 
my first reaction to this one after the first five minutes was, and this is a running theme for the last few episodes, what the fuck am I watching? Um, <laughs> it really was one of those, what on earth is this? Um, but it does sort of settle down pretty quickly after that, after that initial weirdness into, basically it's the premise of The House on Haunted Hill. Um, where six strangers have been invited along, you know, for, to spend an evening with the promise of money if they if they manage to sort of stay the night. But instead of ghosts and ghoulies, we've got this sort of weird, um, I don't know, sort of psychological experiment going on by the host. And you know, it, it's it is really interesting. I, I really got into this. I must admit, um, it does. You know, the, the ending. I, I did guess, you know, as, as to who was sort of. What was really going on but um other than that I, I thought it was really interesting there's there's a great bit um where this guy um is being confronted by the fact that he he, he may be racist or is racist uh and he, he's confronted by his, his three x's on a screen um and what saying one of them cheated <laughs> and the and the black guy saw it sweating because he's the guy who cheated with him which was really funny. Um, I, I, I just thought it was really, really interesting the way it played out. Um, Steve, what did you make of most horrible things? Yeah, I enjoyed this actually because, like you say, it does start off in you know very, very strangely mm. with it's it's like RuPaul's Drag Race at the beginning. And you're like, what? Well, what? I don't get this bit. I don't at all. get it at all. You know exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, it, to be fair, it doesn't really explain it. It's just weird as fuck. And then, yeah, we'll crack on. And then, it, like you say, it turns into like this psychological thriller, but then you've also got like the police procedural side of it as well. Yes. And, you know, Sam and Phillips popping up again, very subdued to what he normally is. And, yep. and killing it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really, really good in this. Also, um, John Patrick Flannery again um, yep. as the copper, great. And the other guy, the other, the female copper as well. I think that's Natalie really Byrne. Impressive. Natalie Byrne, that's, yeah. That's the one, yeah. And to be fair, I actually thought the performances from the kids were good as well. Because hmm. um, sometimes in stuff like this, it's, you know, the younger ones can leave it dangling a bit, you know, not not putting good performance, but I thought everyone was actually on pretty much on the top of the game. Um, but it is, it's very, very, because I was kind of expecting just like your normal, like slasher type thing, mm. you know, being hunted, you know, someone going around hunting down or whatever, you know, or maybe something a bit like ready or not, but it's not like that at all. And, you know, it's the promise of money that's keeping them there, and being forced to have their what do they call it—not awakening, but yeah, sort of breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. That's the yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, the breakthrough and stuff like that. And yeah, I, I like the color scheme. I thought the the design of the house was really good as well, and I actually. Really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Hmm, definitely. Um, Rich, what did you make of this one? 
I like the um, interrogation scene parts mm -hmm. the best. Mm -hmm. I think they felt like, it, I mean, I don't know if it was by design, but they felt like a completely different movie. It's like the, I mean, and I know it's a very different environment and stuff, but it was very sort of the, the way they were shot and stuff and the casting. Is, yeah. is, they was they were not they were kind of on a felt on a different level to the stuff in the house, which for me, especially with I mean, uh, Simon Phillips is in both sections, but the, mm. the Simon Phillips factor sort of gave me this kind of Paul Tanter feeling about the whole thing. But the weird <laughs> thing is, it's not it's not got anything to do with Paul Tanter. It's actually no. made by a Japanese director. Yeah. called uh, mm. uh, Hiroshi, Hiroshi Katagiri, Katagiri yeah. who's actual, who is who a director of, you know, has directed other stuff before, but his background is in like visual effects and sculpting yeah. and stuff, which is quite interesting yeah. because this film isn't really, this isn't like a showcase for visual, you know, for those sort of practical effects mm. or, or anything like that, though there's a couple of bits in it, but it's much more of, it is a character piece. It's like a, uh, well, you know, when the old days they were called like a drawing room kind of, uh, mm. you know, thriller sort mm. of thing. You know, uh, uh, Agatha Christie is almost to to, to that extent. Yeah, there's a bit but of like, sort of, and and yeah, the, uh, yeah. Um, was it Ten Little Indians kind? Yeah, of yeah, thing. that kind of thing, but not yeah. but say more, but not more but with, without the hidden killer kind of thing going on. Yeah, there's not really. It's not yeah. really a body count kind of thing. Is it's it's, it's, mm. it's um, yes, yeah, sort of similar in a way to what we were talking about with like dogs last um, mm -hmm. I think last episode say sort of this experimental thing but there's other stuff going on there's uh, sort of twists in the tail and stuff the the sort of the, the host of the party who's a uh is sean sprawling yeah he's it's like he's quite his character is very sort of uh i guess you know he he's if you buy into his character um you know, he's, he's quite camp and stuff. You might, you know, that 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 will help. I think I'm, mm. I was a bit off put by the character. Didn't quite. Do you work know, he was me. also in Wolf Mother. <laughs> was he? Who was he yeah. in Wolf Mother? Do you remember? Uh, he says he he was a bank coworker, so probably oh. was a small role. But um, oh, okay. Yeah, so he, he dipped his oh, dipped his toe into that. Yeah. Oh, I see. That, isn't that funny? Because we did that last week. The um. So yeah, and and also the the rest of the young cast. Something like that, I just wasn't I wasn't that keen on most of them. And I mean, the whole idea with a lot of these characters is they're not supposed to be likable mm. anyway, which doesn't always help. But uh, it was sort of the Simon Phillips stuff that was keeping me a bit more interested in his manipulations and stuff and what was going on with him. Uh, and he, him and the I mean, he's done interrogation scenes in other mm. movies before mm. and stuff, and he's he's particularly sort of quite good in those. Um, so yeah, and, and the Sean, Pan you know, Sean Patrick Flanny and Natalie Byrne playing off that. I thought that worked. Through. It made me think of uh, Knuckle Dust, which, mm. if you remember, was another yeah, film yeah. which had that very that similar kind of. In, not, I don't know if you'd say it was in media res because it's kind of the whole film is looking back uh, as as you're sort of, um, yeah, you know, there's an interrogation happening and then they're flashing back to what happened on 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 the night or, or the night before or, or a few hours mm. before or whatever the case may be um and i think yeah it's i didn't love it it's originally called love hurts mm. it's kind of um i can i the most horrible things title is curious i'm not sure why they 
why that why that is i mean it made me think of very bad things which yeah. was um i suppose a bit similar in a way maybe that was by design i'm not sure um it's i think it's okay i, I didn't i I didn't love it. I quite liked the sort of silly little twist at the end, mm. but it was really just sort of those interrogation scenes and, and Simon Phillips, which was really sort of my main interest in the movie. Really. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Obviously, me and Steve liked it a bit more than you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But, uh, I mean, I, I certainly agree with that. The interrogation scenes were done really well. And what, what really helped was, was the fact that, you know, uh, Sean Sprawling and Simon Phillips were playing these characters who were basically the you know the the, the more intelligent ones in the room sort of thing, um, you know you got you, you you got the feeling they knew what they were doing, and how yeah. and how to beat the cops sort mm-hmm. of thing. You know there there is one that one moment when one of them kind of slips up and gives away too much information, um, but by that point it's too late for the cops to kind of you know get do much with it. Um, yeah, the, the the end twist, I had guessed by that point. You know, uh, mainly thanks yeah. to the detective. You know, because um, yeah. again, you know, they they kind of skipped a few details. You know, in their story, basically to to to, to solidify it. But um, yeah, I th- I thought it worked really really well altogether. There there, there are small parallels with. Um, there was a film we covered ages ago, Rich, when we did one of our Christmas specials called, I'm pretty sure it was called Secret Santa, where it was like this big family getting together and yes, somebody, yes. Laced, somebody laced the food with like PCP or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all started killing each other and all that sort of stuff going on. Yeah. You know, that's probably the one, the film I can most liken this to, even though it is all quite different. Um, you know, a touch of like The Invitation or something like that. Yeah, it's got that um, dinner party. There was a one. There was a film way back when called The Last Supper, which was mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's been a couple of takes on that, basically, yeah, yeah. where a bunch of people have a dinner party and they. I think there's one coming up as well. I think, yeah, yeah, there's quite. I think there's yeah. a few variations on, on, of, on that the, kind of thing. There's one called. I'm pretty sure there's one called The Last Supper or something coming out soon. And there's, there's one bit in this where the they name. bring out this. They bring out a, a woman and get, a, or I can't remember if she's mm. naked, but they or they get well, a she, strip she naked becomes naked. Yeah, and I was just like. Uh, that, I mean, she was very pretty and everything, but I was just that, that was a, I don't know if that just felt a bit sleazy to to have that in there. I didn't feel that was really necessary. Although they then sort of no, Rich, on you're to... wrong. That was very necessary and integral <laughs> to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but there is a bit after that where you know a certain character also stripping is involved, and there was a little mm. bit of a twist there which I thought worked mm. quite nicely. But I sort of thought, yeah, as a, I'm. As, yeah, I just that was kind of that looked that was kind of a bit exploitation movie ish kind of bit that was mm-hmm. ha- ha- happening. I wasn't quite sure about where it was going, and that was kind. And to be fair, that was kind of the only bit like that in the movie. I thought it was yeah. going to be a bit more than it was. Yeah, but uh, it was it was actually more um, it was more restrained than I thought it was going to be. Once that had happened, I thought there was right. actually it was actually going to go down. A, a longer sort of more misogynistic mm. path and stuff but it is it is actually quite no, it detoured quite nicely after that yeah, yeah. Mm. all right got scores of the doors uh steve uh i'll give it an eight nice i'm gonna give it a seven and rich i'm gonna give it a six all right a bit of a spread six seven and an eight for most horrible things go check it out
Our next review is Bar Fight. Nina and Alan split everything in their lives after their breakup and must compete in a ridiculous custody battle for their prized watering hole in which lines will be drawn, sides will be chosen, and beers will be drunken. Um, earlier this year, we covered a film called Gatlop, Hell of a Game. Yep. Um, I thought of exactly the same movie. Yeah. Uh, not surprising because um, uh, the director Jim Mahoney was in that. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just double checking to see. No, he didn't direct it, but he was. He did happen to be in it. This is that kind of film, though. It is a film is. about people. Yeah. It is a film about their relationships, and it is very funny. I, I did really enjoy this. Yeah, it's um, that sitcom basis, isn't it? It's all it set is. in one place. And it's yeah. their interactions and stuff that's like, it's a sitcom, basically. It is, it is a sitcom and, and it is very fast paced. You know, there's a lot of good dialogue, a lot of good sort of one liners, you know, and, and there's, there's probably a dozen lines that you miss because you're sort of still laughing over the last one. Um, yeah, th this this really worked, worked for me. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So this stars uh, Melissa Fumero from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, you know, so, as soon as I saw her, I thought, okay, this has got a certain level of sheen to it it must do to sort of get someone like her on board um but yeah this this just worked really well for me i thoroughly enjoyed it um steve what do you make of this one i didn't like it at all oh shocker I, I, I honestly because like i say i love brooklyn 99 i love los miro i'm thinking great yeah this looks interesting for some mm. reason i just i i didn't find it funny at all there was a couple of decent bits. I mean, I like the um, like the big butch, like chef cook yeah. thing, <laughs> just flipping um, meat with her hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, she was quite funny. And yeah. but the rest of it, I don't know. It just, just didn't connect me at all. Like the manager of the bar, he's just a tool <laughs> who needs to grow a set, and you know. Even the security guard needs to grow a set, to be fair, because he's just a fussy as well. And you know, you got the new the new girl who comes, Gordon. It just seemed very, very cliched. You know, like the the filthy best mate who's married with a kid who's, who can't stay out, has got to go back, and I, I I just didn't find it funny. And I was shocked, so I was looking forward to it when it when the link came through, mm. and I had a look. I'm thinking, oh yeah, this this looks all right. And again, I think, I mean, like I say, it's, it's like a seventies sitcom, you know, ridiculous mm. story. So you could see it being like I don't know, like an episode of Citizen Smith or something, you know, where they're trying to <laughs> or friends take over yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Well, like this, that, this, this, this is what it reminded me of as well. Is because no, no self-righteous bar, no self-right bar, would ever tolerate this sort of nonsense. You know, yeah. it's like okay, everyone stop drinking. We, you know, these guys need to settle their 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 situation before we do anything else. You know, it's it's kind of like Harry mm. and Friends. They always commandeer that couch right in the middle yeah. of the coffee bar. It's yeah. like no one else is allowed to sit there. You know, it's like. No, not really. You know, it is. It's a heightened reality, Steve, is what it is, mate. <laughs> it 
it's disappointing, is what it is. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> honestly, just didn't did nothing for me. Oh, and I, like I say, I was shocked because I was looking forward to it, and it, yeah, I think I tittered a couple of times. That was it. Hmm. How about you, Rich? Yeah, I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know any any of the cast hmm. or or anything. So I went in basically completely cold. I wasn't sure what the scenario was going to be. Uh, it becomes quite apparent after the after the first ten minutes or whatever. You're like, oh, okay this is where we are we're going to sort of settle down here and i was thinking i was getting what came up to mind as well as gatlock was um i was thinking it's like cheers meets the breakup yes the, the, the breakup Bourne yeah the, the breakup really came to mind in this as well um for obvious reasons as, as the film develops but but yes um it, and it is that sort of level of film yeah. as well i think yeah, so very much a very much sort of sitcom. Everyone, every character is a sort of you know quirky character, and uh, the uh, you know I, I quite some of them I like more than others, um, and some mm. they've all got their own like little subplot moments and stuff. And one of them wants to like a one of them wants to work New Year's Eve or whatever, and the, the, her character, uh, the character who wants to work New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I I thought she was particularly I, I liked her, and the, and obviously the mute um, or mostly mute uh, 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 cook. Um, mm. they, they were good sort of sort of, uh, sort of uh, what do you call it the sort of harsher characters mm. uh, you know the sort of mouthier ones and the other ones are sort of more the nicer guys but there was stuff like the barman talking to his sort of not quite girlfriend at the bar yeah. uh, and that and that mm. kind of kept going back to that and it didn't really lead anywhere it wasn't really it was it was I didn't mind it but there's kind of, there's these little pointless subplots that are going on around the central action of sort of breaking up the action basically between yeah. the between yeah. um, Nina and Alan's feud um scenes of where they're basically getting involved in this um I, uh, series of challenges yeah and, I kind of uh, like that though I kind of I, I do like films where um you, you have these characters who are kind of having their own little film mm-hmm. if you see what I mean and you know it, it's like you could almost sort of see it reversed and having these characters be the main focus while there's this stupid battle going on in the background, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I do like that because, you know, let's face it, you know, in a lot of films, everyone's lives just sort of stop dead while the main plot is going on and everyone has to sort of bear witness to the main plot. So I, I kind of like it that there's these elements of, um, you know, yes, we're kind of acknowledging that other people have lives and yeah, have their yeah. own sort of situations going on as well. Whether or not they're actually sort of um, worthy of our time is another matter, of course. But but I, I, I do like the effort of, of, of sort of going down those little avenues just to, just to yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, not, we're, not, we're, we're here for this. But at the same time, we've got our own shit to deal with. Yeah. And I quite like <clears throat> another thing, apart from the old sitcom angle. I've got this real fondness for those old. I mean, they were they used to make them all the time, but these kind of one crazy night movies mm. where a character yeah. would get get into a situation, but and, and the story takes place over the entire. I mean, I think Keanu Reeves did one, and there was one called, there was one called Trojan War about a guy who's trying to lose his virginity, and mm. uh, there was uh, opportunity. Uh, what's it? Career opportunities with um, Jennifer Connelly. One called All Nighter with. Um... Emil Hirsch and J.K. Simmons. Oh right, I don't think I've seen mm. that one. I know that, that there's really like good... 200 cigarettes, which is set on. Yeah. I mean, there's all the. 
I mean, uh, there's all things like Dazed and Confused and whatever, which are these multi-character ones all, all taking place over one night. So I kind of, this is kind of, it, it's not quite the same as those, but it's very much in a similar vein. Mm. Uh, and I, I do like, I have, I think, I, I do like, kind of, kind of like those movies and this, this is kind of charming. Uh, it's it's not perfect, but it's 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 a very pleasant way to. Spend. I mean, everything's nice in it, really. I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of edge, but but it's basically harmless. You know, not, nothing. There's not the stakes aren't too high, um, mm. and you know, everyone's you know, even the characters who are nasty are not really that nasty. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like um, you know, they do you know, they might come through in the end or, or whatever and stuff. So um, yeah, it's very it's very. Very pleasant movie, I thought, and I didn't really know what it was going to be when I went into it, and I did enjoy it. And it's nice to cover. We haven't covered many many comedies lately, and no, uh, not not. not and this was kind of a, like yeah. broke things up a bit, and uh, um, yeah, I did enjoy it. It it was pretty good, and like you know, I, I went into this completely cold. You know, I I, I didn't even know that Melissa Fumero was in it until until she appeared on screen. I went, oh, okay. And, and with a name like Bar Fight, I mean, it could be anything, couldn't it? <laughs> you know, it could be really some exploitative, or it could be you know some bargain basements or MMA movie. Who knows? Well, yeah. So, I mean, we so had a film called Chick Fight not long ago, yeah. which is went to yeah. Amazon. That's got Alec Baldwin, and and, and that was all about. Uh, I think Malin Ackerman and, and 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 other characters sort of get into a feud, and then they sort of they're mm. gonna. It's leading up to them having an actual fight, and this is yeah. This is well, not bitch, a, bitch this, fight not... as well. Do you ever see that one? Oh. I can't remember who the, the actresses were in that one. That was that was that quite one. good. It was it. Um, it's the one from Killing, um, Eve, wasn't it? Killing Eve. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, crash! Yeah, can't remember the name. <laughs> but yeah, but, that was another one. Bitch fight. Cat but, fight. Yeah, so I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Um, what it was going to be and it's it it's not i mean yeah i just it's got really nice i mean the, the girl behind uh, the, the sort of new girl in town is like the naive yeah. and she's working by the bar and and then they're like you know how to make all these cocktails you know you're in charge of the bar <laughs> whatever yeah, and she's like i don't know how to do it and, so, <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah. it's um yeah i just i just thought it would work but again it was kind of another film in that kind of judd apatow kind of mold of where you take let's take this sort of big sort of hairy guy mm. And put him with like this really sort of slim, sexy lady <laughs> kind of thing. And it's yeah. like they they did they just sort of they go for that kind of um, dynamic. I don't know why yeah. that always is. I mean, he's very kind of in the Seth Rogen kind of mold, the, yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. Alan exactly. character, yeah, sort and, of slacker kind of guy. And yeah, it reminded me of like yeah. she, she's the up and coming up like like um, attorney sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, she's the Catherine Heigl-ish sort of character and stuff like that. I don't know why that dynamic is is so popular, but um, mm. I guess sort of slightly fat guys are funny. I guess I don't mm. know, but I don't think you necessarily. I think yeah, it's um, it worked. Yeah, it was yeah, it was fine. I mean, it's a, sort of bit by the numbers, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And the the friend um, played by Rachel Bloom was very funny. She was indeed. How are you going to score it, Rich? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. And Steve? I'm going to give it a five. Ooh, I'm joining Rich on a seven. Two sevens and a five for Bar Fight. Go check it out. Our next review is Dear Elizabeth. A man who leads a dull life accidentally stalks an old college classmate, actress Elizabeth Banks, on social media. He rediscovers more of himself and the true meaning of friendship in his attempts to prove he knows her. Um, 
a chicken soup for the soul productions rich yeah who also that... made uh one shot interestingly i think did they, they? Or, at no. least, or at least they put it out in um in some territories i believe really weird when i saw that i went oh god <laughs> yeah they're quite diverse actually in the in the yeah. uh, their filmmaking chicken soup very strange but anyway so this this is the sort of comedy i don't enjoy um as much you know this sort of awkward sort of character who you know he kind of looking at this guy and thinking everyone should be liking him but everyone's sort of it feels manufactured that people don't like him almost you know what i mean he he is quite a likable guy really um and you know it just feels like everyone's sort of not liking him because the script says so to a certain degree um but having said that, he he you know he he, he does sort of shine through uh, quite nicely. Uh, Tony Hale plays uh, Sid Straw. <clears throat> um, he's going to his high school, his college reunion, I think it was not his high school reunion. Um, and yeah, he just happens right, happens yeah. to realise that um, Elizabeth Banks is one of his, um, you know, well he 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 knew her at college. Um, but you know, no, no one really believes him, and he's trying to get a photo, signed photo for his uh, brother-in-law, because uh, because his uh, sister's having a baby. Um, sister's played by Elisha Cuthbert, and, and she's really good in this as well. We've also got Alan Tudyk, who's just always brilliant, um, and he, he plays this, you know, smarmy sort of arsehole who, who's supposed to be his friend. That was, that was quite amusing. Yeah, some of his scenes. Um, but, and Robbie Amell, don't forget. Yeah, and Robbie Amell's in here as well. And you know, I, I didn't enjoy the a lot of it, but it's, it did grow on me as as it goes. And by the time we get to the court scene, I, I was like really rooting for the guy and thinking, you know, and, and that speech he makes about the volleyball game, you know, I thought, I thought it was great. And you could see everyone sort of hanging on his every word as he sort of going, you know, it, it just worked really, really well. And and it builds, you know, to the, to this really sweet ending. You know, I I just really have to say, I really liked it. Um, Rich, what do you make of uh, this one? Yeah, I, again, I wasn't sure going in what it was going to be. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know much about it. The American titles eat Wheaties, which becomes mm. apparent what, what that is. Watch it, but, but we don't we don't have Wheaties over here. So the, mm. the um the, which is a cereal, uh, which uh, it, it, it's understandable why why the title gets changed um the it's based on a a novel which for the for which the focus of of the um of the character the the person at the focus of the character was heather locklear mm. uh, and they've sort of adjusted it and i guess they got elizabeth it, guess, permission yeah. to, to you know they said who can we use and whatever and they, it reminded me a little bit of a i haven't seen it but there was a documentary called my date with drew which was all about mm. this guy, and he was just kind of pursuing Drew Barrymore, and he really wanted to kind of, kind of get a date with it. It was all a bit stalkerish and stuff. And this is kind of a similar kind of thing. But he's he's a he's introduced to social media at the start of the movie, and he's very very naive about it. He's never used it before, and he's kind of he's kind of a man out of time. He doesn't really mm. exist in the modern world, and and uh, that's kind of why he's disconnected from a lot of the people who are around him and stuff. And uh, he's. He's got all these quirks and stuff, and he's 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 very successful. He's a, he's vice president of marketing and, and sales and stuff, so he's doing all right for himself. 
but he's he's quite isolated so he, he immediately kind of reminds me of like a david brent kind of character yeah but but not with but without the sort of david brent is kind of egotistical uh, egotistical um, and very much, <laughs> yeah but and he's very selfish and you know mm. can be a bit cruel and make it you know a lot of these kind of characters you know, alan partridge being another example mm. um they have a cruelty to them you know they're, they're not about they they'll put themselves above other people whereas with with sid straw he just keeps seems you know so genuinely naive mm. you know and and, and and you know and gentle and harmless and whatever he's 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 never doing anything intent and he and he's mortified if he's upset someone you know mm. it's like and there's a real sweetness there and that that i thought worked um the um so the, the, and there's certain elements of it, you know, it's all about loneliness and you know trying to make connections. It reminded me of a, um, a completely different kind of movie, but uh, about Schmidt with Jack Nicholson. Oh yeah. I don't know if you ever saw that, but a lot a, a part of that movie mm. was was um, Jack Nicholson's character sort of self indulgently writing these letters to uh, uh, a child that he's you know sort of sponsored in 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 Africa, or, I believe, and. Um, so and, and he, you know he's he's talking about all the stuff that's completely irrelevant that they're not going to be that interested in yeah. and stuff. But he's it's sort of getting it off his chest. He sort of exercise, and I relate to I've I've written letters and stuff in the past. I've had pen friends or whatever, and I I, I definitely relate to mm. uh, that part of the character and and and, and that did, that need to sort of do that and make connections with people and stuff and do. So I I, I kind of relate to the film on a certain level. Uh, I, obviously, I'm not as naive as with with him with the social media and stuff, but I do sit kind of. I could sympathise with him, and I, I liked it a bit like the, say a bit like Bar Fight. All the the, the all the characters are sort of heightened, you know, yeah. they're sort of exaggerations, but none of them, none of them are particularly bad. Although there's a couple that are, I mean, the receptionist girl who's, I mean, that's a bit of a cliche. The the, the receptionist mm. who's just always on her phone, mm. that's a bit sexist and stuff. I think that that kind of trope now. Yeah. Just, we've seen that so many times, but they never do anything to sort of warm you to her character or do anything really she, she, they just paint her as a sort of really nasty sort of selfish not nasty but just sort of dismissive and cr casually cruel you know it's like oh you've, you've been fired or you know so showing no sympathy and stuff which i didn't really like that i didn't like that element of it hmm. but then you got things like the um uh, the waitress at the the uh yeah the diner that he goes to that that's that they've got like a sort of a warm interaction stuff and that's quite nice and uh and when he goes on, and like uh, he goes on these dates, and, or he goes on a date, and there's this that girl, um, that a woman he's on date, and there's there's a nice sort of dynamic with them for a mm -hmm. bit. Um, so you, he's a character. You spend all the film with him, and you, I think, in the wrong hands, that could become very irritating. You were just like, oh, I've had enough. I just want to get out. You know, it's not like twenty minutes for an episode. You've got to spend an hour and a half with him. Indeed. Uh, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed his company. I enjoyed the story, which, like you say, builds toward this kind of uh, Mr. Deeds-ish kind of climax um, of, uh, of of and it's and it's what yeah it's it's not cynical. It's very hopeful and warm and very positive. You know, it's one of those things where the character goes on a journey that ultimately is yeah. for the good. You know, that there's that you know things come out quite well for them and stuff. So yeah, I I I, I wasn't expecting. To, I, I thought I wasn't going to like it. I, I was just oh, I comedies. Admit, I'm very, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm very wary of comedies. I don't watch many of them, and uh, I, I really like this a lot. I thought it was one, it's one of my favourite things that I've watched recently.
it, it does a good job of sort of tearing the guy, the guy down before building him back up, you know. Um, uh, so I, I did make one little error earlier. I said that Elizabeth Cuthbert was his sister. She's his sister-in-law. Sister-in-law. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, David Walton who's his brother. That, that makes more sense because he's he's much more sympathetic um, about a certain incident which happened at their wedding, um, which, which is a kind of a funny story. Which we, we you know we get the payoff at the end um, about that, which is quite good. Um, but yeah, what did it, you think it, about the? What did you think about the lawyer? Because he oh. kind of Paul Walter Hauser, <laughs> who comes in quite late in the movie as, and becomes kind late. of a sidekick this, bit for as this sort of weird, un, un, unlicensed lawyer who, you know, he, during the court scene, he's he's sort of almost joining the, um, you know, the play, not the plaintiff, the the the, the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's almost like um, Lionel Hutz. From the Simpsons, yeah. you know, he doesn't quite know what he's doing. He's sort of just muddling through it. But yeah, he was, I do he was feel like we've fun. seen that before again. But yeah. uh, that kind of bumbling sort of cat, that cat kind of thing. I mean, it reminded me actually of like John Candy, some of the stuff he used to do. Yeah, you know, like um, Harry Crumb, and uh, uh, actually, in terms of lawyers, uh, Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny. Mm. And uh, I was thinking, yeah, we've seen that kind of thing before. But I liked him. He was a good character. And his wife's there with the babies and stuff. And oh, it's yeah, all so yeah. silly. But I liked it. I liked all that stuff. And I, he's like, again, he's got like this little sort of side story mm. that that Sid helps him with, and you know, they they sort of help each other. And and uh, yeah, and although that's you know, he he he's kind of in it for a bit, and then he kind of goes. And he's, mm. but he's, I really I liked all that part. I, I enjoyed that character. Yeah, okay. I thought he was a good he was a good sort of sidekick character to introduce yeah. to sort of offset uh, things for a bit. On that note, mate, how are you going to score it? Uh, I'm gonna give it um, eight. Eat Wheaties. Okay, I'm giving this a seven, but it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, a seven and an eight for dear Elizabeth. Go check it out. Our short chop this week is Fiona. This is a, you know, it's billed as a Shrek horror film. And it sort of centers around the time when Fiona is still incarcerated in the tower and, and the, all these princes are sort of coming to rescue her. And it deals with the fate of one such prince who um, happens to come at exactly the wrong time of day. Um, I quite like this. It is very short. It's only about two, three minutes long. Um, it, it's billed as like five minutes, but two of those minutes are just credits. Um, but I, th I think, you know, like a lot of fan films, they, they find a way of sort of twisting the genre. So, so you take something and sort of say, well, you know, actually, this could play as a horror film. And I thought they did quite a decent sort of setup with it. Um, Steve, what do you make of this one? Yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's very short, you know, like you say, it's literally about three minutes and it's just you know what what would happen if Shrek was kind of real um and like you say you know that that when the nights turn up it really is the wrong time of day you know mm. and but it, it was well the set design was good it was well shot um makeup effects was pretty good as well um Especially like you know, there's the the gore and the goats and stuff. 
Well, they, that was done very well. Um, yeah, and it is what it is. It's a, a Shrek slash horror film, basically. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and Rich, what do you make of this one? Yeah, I, I liked it. It's um, it's a new one from uh, Locust, or at least on the the Locust Garden channel. Uh, director Andy Chen, who's one of his previous films we covered was Crooks, which was the comedy about the two young women and they've got to get uh, money for to save like um, to pay for a vet's bill or something, and they yeah. they go and rob yeah. this convenience store. Which oh, I really that's liked. a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember one. Yeah, and this is very different. I mean, I thought I thought he managed. You know, he's. He, I mean, I've seen him do. Uh, there was one that was a short, he's done thrillers and called Lying Beside You and, and other different things, uh, horror and that. So I, I thought this played really well. The, I was a little bit disappointed that it's only like a one scene, five minute mm. thing, but mm. it, it's, I, it is a good, it is a good example of one of these kind of, uh, one of these fan films where what they do is something that you would never, typically, you would never see happen in, the mainstream the the, the franchise mm. wouldn't do it franchises it's getting a bit more flexible now i think you you are seeing something you know with um so for like the fresh prince of bel-air there was the concept short film or trailer which mm. then ultimately became a new official you know reboot uh, you know in that style so so mm. it, it does happen sometimes and there are you know gritty reboot stuff is quite common but in the in the fan film sort of space this stuff is more common um, and I, I think I thought it was great. I mean, I don't know how it exactly it ties in with the canon because I'm not that au fait with with the Shrek mythology, but I thought I you know I got the gist, and mm. the um, and the execution was certainly really good. I mean, it's only a two it's a two hander kind of thing, and uh, like you say, blood and guts and whatever. So yeah, it's fun. and they throw in little clever little things like uh, over the end credits. It's someone singing uh, the Smash Mouth song. All star. Oh, really? I, I, I think, yeah. But in I a really sort of slow way, a sort of slow, sort of sinister <laughs> way. As I thought that was quite fun. Are they playing with it and making it a bit darker? A bit like, um, you know, uh, what was that song? What was the one that became Christmas number one from uh, Donnie Darko? Oh, um, oh Mad World. Mad yeah, yeah Mad like World, sort of changing yeah. and sort of, sort of taking that song and then sort of changing it. Stuff. But um, yeah, so that was quite fun. So the top and tail of it was good. Um, so yeah, again, one of, sort of one of the short film directors that I've been most pleased with um, the majority, you know, with a lot of the work that I've seen from them. Uh, so yeah, short, uh, Crooks is a bit longer, and uh, I do I do definitely recommend that one as well. But this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. We don't yeah. score the shorts, but we do recommend you check them out. This will only take you two minutes, two three minutes of your day, and it is you know it's very well done. Um, Rich, you wanted to mention another sort of fan film coming up. Well, uh, I'm not, the, this is the thing. I'm not sure if it is a. I'm not sure. I mean, it, it is a fan film to an is extent. Is it a trailer? Or is, is, it, it a, is it just? Is it well, just in is, and of itself? Yeah. Well, this is why I didn't want to focus on it just as a short shot because I'm not sure if it's a concept trailer or whether it's an actual trailer. The director is being very cagey about saying you know any more about you know because whenever mm. I've, I've asked the question i said is is there is this a short film or is is there a feature film coming it was and you know is it a concept trailer 
whatever and there's no response other people have sort of speculating i've read lots of articles everyone's taking it as a trailer for a movie that's coming it's called gale yeah. stay away from oz and it's a spin it's a dark it's a bit like fiona it's mm-hmm. taking the mythology of oz uh, Frank Baum, Frank uh, Elbaum, is it? Uh, is yep. uh, Wizard of Oz and uh, you know all that sort of mythology, and putting a really sort of dark spin on it. Uh, and I thought it was, I, I mean, it's getting really good buzz uh, and deservedly so around the internet. And uh, I thought it was really cleverly put together. It's a, it's a British production, and you know they're putting on American accents, which I think is quite obvious. But I think they pull it off pretty, pretty well. And it's really creepy, kind of visuals and and uh, moments in in what is it just two minutes yeah yeah did you like it I, yeah i kind of did yeah but it, it did leave me wanting more you know i, I definitely wanted to mm. see more of it yeah and i think that's the that's the consensus of of you know all, all the comments and stuff that i'm seeing and the coverage um steve did you get to take a look yeah i did um uh, i enjoyed it um like you said i think it it could be like a proof of concept. It, it, it could be a trailer for a, a, uh, an actual feature length. It just, it doesn't give that impression. No, I think, it, I, I, strong, I think it's a concept trailer. I don't yeah. think they've shot any more. I think if they have, it's a short film. I don't think it's any, I don't think there's enough scenes in the, in the trailer. Yeah, you know, because the yeah. amount of different locations and stuff that, that they show to indicate mm. that it's, that it's a full length, you know, like a, um, Let's say, like, like you know, actual, yeah, um, you know, like one of these films, like uh, the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going to be coming yeah. out, and that is, a, we know that's a full length feature and stuff. But yeah, this is. Gone. I mean, yeah, I'd say the only thing is, it's it's not going to be as scary as Return to Us, whatever they do. <laughs> so I mean, that was just terrifying when I was a kid. <laughs> it still is. It still is. Return to, but... to Us. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's mental. I thought. But no, I mean, I think it's a good idea. Um, you know, whichever way they go with it. Um, I just don't, I mean, I didn't see anything Oz like. You know, it was more Kansas set. You know, I, didn't, I don't remember yeah, seeing yeah. anything to do with Oz. So no, that, it's all about the sort of the looming threat of, you know, the, you know, what Oz is and the effect it's had on. Dorothy after she's it's kind of that it reminded me a bit of uh, you might not have lost the theories and when they when basically they went on the island they left the island the island is drawing them back and it's like this it's force on them and and I think that's that's what they're sort of playing on is like this it's yeah. sort of messed them up yeah. and 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 Oz has kind of become this sort of threatening place rather than this place of you know uh uh you know what's the um you know, I don't know, but it's not like the wonderful world of Oz, you know, not yellow, you know, everything's lovely and yeah. fancy. It's kind of a very dark sort of realm kind of kind of thing is what they're sort of um, trying to paint a, a sense of foreboding about it. And I think there's some really nice visuals and stuff with the uh, that the, there's a there's scarecrows as a visual. There's not there's not an actual, you know, Tin Man and Scarecrow kind of stuff going on, but there are scarecrows shown that um, in a sort of quite a foreboding way. Uh, which I think works quite nicely, but yeah, it is it is much more focused on the um, visiting the the Dorothy character on yeah. her uh, at the I don't know if it's her home or uh, or a home, 
where she's living and i think it's her granddaughter visiting and and the granddaughter i guess would be the sort of character who's sort of following in her footsteps and potentially going to be whisked away to a a terrible world of Oz or something. I don't know, but it's, uh, I thought it was really interesting and I thought that it had a nice sort of sheen and polish to it, which I liked. And I thought it matched, I mean, uh, I thought it matched uh, Fiona quite interestingly in theme and sort of tone of, of taking these sort of bright, colourful, you know, uh, fairy tale kind of stories and just sort of trying to do something quite dark and twisted with them. So go check Absolutely. Out. Yeah, go check this one out. Uh, you'll find a link in the footnotes below. Our DTV throwback this week is Red Sun Rising. A tough Japanese detective seeks vengeance after his partner is killed by a deadly Yakuza ninja. Uh, Don the Dragon Wilson, um, probably at his height, I think in this one um very very good very typical of um sort of mid-90s sort of martial arts action um but very solid i love the cast in this for sure um so steve did you know did, did you... you know it's from the director of taffin is it the really Pierce brosnan movie yeah yeah i like the taffin. Yeah. okay um steve what did you make of this one uh, definitely 90s um, it kind of—I mean, I've never seen it because I hate Chris Tucker, but it kind of reminded me of what like Rush Hour could have been in a way. Mm. Um, I'd say the, the, the only thing was it's so racist; is untrue. You know, it's okay. very racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's really unfortunate. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like Wolf Mother was misogynistic last week. This is the racist one, you know, mm-hmm. and. But it was nice to see um, Terry Farrell yep. in something other than DS9. And obviously my client side turns up as badass as usual. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I, it, the mystical bit threw me a little bit, to be fair. You know, we like the two-finger death punch and all that kind of stuff going on. Um in the end, you know, with, with the battle in at the end, I thought it was a bit weird, but you know, it is what it is. You, you, you know, United's, United's martial arts movie, you've got your training, 10 minute training montage in the middle, you know, where he gets builds his powers up and stuff like that. And, but yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Indeed. Um, Rich, what do you make of this one? Uh, had you seen it before? I'm not sure if I, I think I had, but I'm not sure. Um, but it was nice to revisit it. The, the thing was, it's been sitting on Amazon Prime for a while, and then it, it it came, it arrived again with different artwork. Now, what I think it is is this is the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray version. So it's in widescreen, which was nice, um, and it's it's got the new artwork on the thing. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's been. I'm pretty sure the previous uh, uh, f- full screen, uh, not full screen, um, pan and scan version is uh, was available previously. Um, so yeah, so it was nice. It's always nice to see one of these old um, mid nineties action movies in in its original ratio, which is really un- uh, a rare treat. Um, mm-hmm. The cast is great. Uh, say Terry Farrell's lovely, but very very racist, um, and she's the love <laughs> interest. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but uh, so, so casually racist, a lot of casual racism. Um, great, a fantastic cast of, of you know 
cream of the crop sort of Asian actors like Soon Teko, James Liu in a in like his first big bad guy role in mm. this Mako uh, as the as the um, as the master who who who, who, who trains them. Now, one of the weird things that is so Don Wilson is a Japanese cop. Yep. But he's got an American accent, and I wasn't I wasn't sure if he was Japanese, but he was raised in America, but then went back to Japan, or or what was because it it almost seemed like he'd never he'd never been to America before, but he was speaking America fluently with an American accent, uh, you know, speaking mm. English fluently with an American accent. Yeah. So I was a bit thrown at times. Maybe I just wasn't paying quite enough attention, or too but, much, um, <laughs> or thinking about it too much, maybe. Uh, so yeah, Don Wilson's good. So Don Wilson, if nobody's ever seen him, imagine. Um, imagine Dean Kane was Bruce Lee. Mm. He'd be Don the Dragon Wilson, basically. He's very yeah. Dean Kane. Uh, yeah. He's very likable. He's got. He's even. He even looks quite similar to to him. And uh, he's. You know. He's, he takes those sorts. Except um, Don Wilson's got kind of. You know. He does the sort of bad guy thing, but he's very likable. Uh, sort of. He, uh, not bad guy. Um, you know. Um, hurting people and stuff but he's 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 a very likable friendly guy makes jokes and stuff he's um so i quite i've always quite liked don wilson we saw him well not saw him but we heard him uh mike and i uh, recently on on the big screen at a special screening of new york ninja uh, oh, yeah. so which is probably the only time that don wilson's no that's a lie because he was in batman forever so it's not the only time he was ever in a cinema <laughs> so he was in a very unrecognizable dubbed version form in uh, in Batman Forever, and he's and he's probably a, a few places anyway. But he's very much a DT, uh, you know, a, or straight to video, I should say, uh, staple character uh, act, uh, actor. Uh, so, yeah, this is is it one of is it one of the best? I'm not sure. It's very it's kind of bland in in a lot of senses, but it's quite fun. It's mainly interesting because of the cast, the mm. sort of what Steve was saying yeah. about the uh, the sort of visual effectsy stuff. That's that was quite a common thing about some sort of martial arts films in the, in the American you know American martial arts films in the eighties and nineties. Uh, the Last Dragon with Ty Mac did a did a similar thing, and I think you know sort of exaggerating this sort of uh, fantastical element. But it, it's very unusual here because everything else is very grounded. But then you've just got this kind of uh, supernatural stuff yeah. that's kind of uh, as like a sort of, sort of addressing. Uh, also in the cast is Michael Ironside. There's not enough yep. of him, but he's always great value. And uh, yeah, th- so looking back on it, you know, seeing it now, it's it does feel a lot. I mean, a lot of the, you know, Alien Nation did a similar thing and stuff. But it's it's the racism stuff that mm. really sort of that's what stands out, isn't it? Yeah. it is what stands yeah. out, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. I don't fully understand the whole woke thing, but maybe is that is that part of that? Is that the the sort of what we know now, looking back on something and going, actually, all oh, that that was a bit wrong, wasn't it? Is that what woke is? is, Just the, is that, very, is yeah, I'd, I'd say. So I've, I've, I haven't quite got my head around the whole concept of. of what, you know, it's just yeah. a term people throw around that I don't fully understand. So I wonder. There's, if, that, there's if that, that really. You know, there is that really dodgy bit, isn't there, where, where Terry Farrell's character has to split up this detective who's basically beating up this Hispanic guy for no reason yeah. other than the fact that he's Hispanic. You know, um, that, that was, yeah, bad <laughs> for a start. But, yeah, 
though. Was um, there a fight in a, was that I know there was a scene in a lift, but I can't remember. Was there a fight, Mike? Because I know you like a fight in a lift. I do. Did I, they actually I have a fight? I, I don't think it did, unfortunately. <laughs> There's not a fight. fight. It's not a fight, but it's this sort of, you know, exactly as Steve said. Yeah. Uh, How did you get on with it, Mike? I didn't mind it, I must admit. It's it is a step down from something like Showdown in Little Tokyo, which which is probably oh yeah, you know yeah. It, it, it 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 that's sort of what it's aspiring to. It 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 feels like a badly shot PM Entertainment film. You know, I'm I'm watching sort of fight scenes, and the way some of the things are edited, like like say Don the Dragon would do a you know a, a jumping spin kick, and the editor would edit midway through the kick to do a close up. And then finish the kickoff. I'm thinking. Oh. I'm pretty sure he, you know, he he could do the kick fine, but you, you know, you, you got to mess with it all the time. And a, a lot of it, I watched it thinking, how much better would this be if someone like Isaac Florentine or you know um, JJ Perry or someone like that was directing the same material? Mm. How much better would would this film have been? You know. Yeah, um, I think that's that's par for the course with basically all these movies. I mean, um, from the eighties and nineties, you know, all American Ninjas and all that sort of stuff. The the quality of the action is is not is not what we've come to get quite used to and sort of held up as the lofty the, the high standard. So when you go back and watch a film like this. You you can't quite enjoy it to the to the same level, I think. Or personally, I I, I can't. I mean, I th- I thought it was fine and the action was okay, but you know, it wasn't anything particularly notable. And yes, the sort of PM. I mean, it's definitely got that kind of PM entertainment kind of look, um, but not the same level. You know, there's not as much. There's not nearly as much action as you would get in a. No. It's it, it, certainly in yeah. terms of vehicular. Nor explosions. But even so, yeah, I, I thought. You know, I I sort of like I didn't sort of really get into Don Wilson stuff um, when it was coming out, and, and I am sort of way behind in his in his sort of filmography, but I thought this was, you know, better than I expected like, overall. I think it's a good example of the movies he was making. I mean, they're all they're a lot of them are very similar, but I think if you if you want to see sort of some of his better, more interesting work, you've really got to go to um, Last Sentinel. With Jeff, which he did with Jesse Johnson, which was yeah, real, that was, sort of, um, that was Pete, kind of a Pete coming Sackle. out of retirement, yeah. doing a yeah. yeah, coming out of retirement, doing a very different kind of movie than what he'd become known for. It didn't, unfortunately, it didn't actually lead to anything much more after that. But it was a really interesting experiment, mm. and uh, he is, it's, he, but he was pretty. I mean, in the at the end of this one, I think he's he's having the fight, and you know, his shirt has to get ripped off, yeah, at some point, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so that he's. So he's fighting, um, and then he and say Jamie. I mean, it's it's the cast for this. I mean, to 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 see him with like James yeah. Liu and James and Liu and is very is good in this. Yeah, with uh, his hair, massive hair. His hair. There's, there's a funny <laughs> thing, you know. It it did remind me of. Um, I don't know if you ever played these video games like Double Dragon and Final Fight. Mm-hmm. You saw yeah. like side side scrolling, so like mm-hmm. beat him ups and stuff. And, yeah. and there's one movie does where it's like three guys are jumping on him. And he suddenly does this sort of jumping spin kick and knocks all three of them on the ground. I thought that is straight out of Double Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's been bashing the keys, basically. You know, kick, 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 kick. But um, it looked great. You know, it looked great. He looked great. Um, but yeah, no, it's really cool. And it's available okay. on Amazon Prime. 
and it's yeah, it's on Amazon. It's also on Plex um, as well. You can find it on either oh. place. I think um, the Plex version is probably not the widescreen version that you've got on Amazon at the moment. So I think not. it's probably uh, the old pan and scan version. I don't think I don't think it is, to be honest. Um, I might be wrong. Could be could be wrong. It's no, it it is um, it is a widescreen presentation. It's not stop. It's, it's not square. Put it that way. Oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, we do not score the throwbacks, but we do recommend you check them out. Or we mostly we recommend you check them out. Don't, please don't watch Wolf Mother uh, that we, <laughs> we saw last week. Um, but we do we do recommend this one if you like um, a bit of '90s beat 'em up action and you're unfamiliar with um, Don the Dragon Wilson. You know this is a, a fair place to start. So that is the end of this week's show. So thank you to Rich and Steve for joining me and talking about all these films. Thank you for, uh, you know, having me. Yeah, yeah, some real surprises this week. Um, re- really happy with with our selection. Even even something like the last heist, which um, you know you kind of expect. You, you think you know going in thinking you know what to expect, and it sort of throws you a curveball. So so that was really interesting. Um, don't forget to check us out on uh, Twitter and Facebook at the DTV Digest. Also check us out at um, the short shots where rich puts a new shorts link every evening around about eight o'clock other than that thanks for listening tune in next time thank you for listening to the dtv digest let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time